What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hello, everybody. I feel like that's that's like the scientist from Simpsons. I could be wrong, though. I don't know. There's my impersonation for the day. All right, you guys have been great. We'll see you next week. How's everyone doing? Feeling good? Well, if not, I got something for you today. I've done a lot of episodes. I haven't gone and counted how many episodes we've done of the Wells cast, but it's got to be over 100. And then in my radio career, I've done thousands of interviews. I've interviewed everybody from actors to musicians to comics to chefs to authors to mediums and everyone in between. And the trick to a good interview really is figuring out a way that makes the listener feel like they're a part of the conversation. And you can do that in a couple ways. I mean, one way you can literally talk to the listener, which is what a radio DJ does between songs every break. You can have a musician come on and play something that is so touching that the listener feels moved by the piece. You can interview someone and they can tell such an intimate story about themselves that everyone can relate. And you also can do it by energy. And I say that because everyone, this is going back to my radio days, but everyone is having a shitty day when they're listening to the radio. Especially when I had my morning show, it was a hard show to do because everyone felt like crap. Because it's seven in the morning, you're driving to some terrible nine to five that you don't want to do. You got to deal with your crap boss and Karen from accounting. And you're trying to get people to feel good before they have to feel bad. And so you got to come with solid energy and you never know what you're going to get when you do interviews for morning shows. But you try to book things that will be uplifting and positive and fun and funny and energetic and stuff. I guess all that to be said, I wish I had this person on my show back when I did a morning show. Because if you were feeling like crap and hungover and drowsy and just not wanting to go into work and then you heard this interview, I think that your day would turn around. I really do. At least that's how I felt going out of the interview. I was like, oh, I feel so much better. Her energy was bonkers. It was so positive and funny and fun and lighthearted and inclusive. If you're a good interviewer, you're also a listener, right? You know, you're part of the audience. And so I just hope that you guys out there feel the same way that I did because I absolutely love this interview. Right now, she is hosting a show on Netflix, which is a cooking show called Best Leftovers Ever, which basically gets a bunch of amazing cooks in and they give them leftovers from the refrigerator and they say, okay, now you have to go make something special. And it's an awesome show and it's perfect for right now because, well, we are all stuck at home. We really can't go out. So we've got leftover Postmates and we're just like, what do we do? I don't know. She's also on a little show called Glow on Netflix, which if you guys haven't watched Glow, I don't. that's a you problem because it's phenomenal. But she's been around forever. It's on American Idol, was on all that. You guys remember that back in the day? It's also on the show The Boys. Have you guys seen that? She's done a lot. She's an amazing actress, obviously. She's a phenomenal host, an incredible singer, a fantastic stand-up, five to a player. She can do it all. And I'm telling you guys, this is one interview you are not going to want to miss. When we come back, we are going to have Jackie Tone on the show. Stick around. Roll it. 
This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. Can you hear me? We are here. I should put headphones in. Maybe I should have prepared for this moment a little better. No, you're doing great. Whatever feels right to you. Ask before we continue that you agree to send me the dog with the ears. You want him? You want the real one or do you want the picture? That's your dog. Yeah, he's downstairs sleeping right now. He will fuck up this interview at some point and start howling. Don't worry. Oh, okay, because so will my dog and so will my boyfriend's dog. And if the mailman comes, it's game. My dog, Glenn, he's sleeping on four blankets right now. So if anybody else wanted a blanket, they could go f*** themselves. Yeah. Well, that's my dog, Carl. I do appreciate that both of us have very personified dog names. You better watch it. Your dog's name is Carl. Yeah, he's Carl the Bloodhound. You can follow him on Instagram if you want. I'm one of those people. We don't need to get into why I did it, but it happened. So Glenn, my son, um, (laughs) obviously should have an Instagram. And now I've had him so long. The fact that he's like starting now. Yeah. He's like, feels like a weird call. So then I'm like, well, I feel like I really missed the boat on that one. Glenn, you don't have an Instagram. And here we are. There's a sweet story to it. I'm not like one of those like crazy narcissistic dog owners that just peddles their dog for maybe I am. I don't know. But I went on a reality show where they took your phone away from you and I was freaking out about my. I've been there with the no phone, no computer, no contact with the outside world. Yeah. And you have to lie to everybody and tell them you're off the grid. And everyone's like, bitch, you live in L.A. We know you're on a reality show. Just stop. But anyway, go on. Carl, Carl. I was like, I'm going to start an Instagram account. My sister's going to take care of my dog while I'm gone. To my sister, I was like, every three days, I need you to post a picture of Carl so I know he's okay. And then I would tell a producer, hey, go check my dog's Instagram profile just so I know he's okay. And that's why I had it. And then it turned into a different thing. Um, I just want him to know and you to know that his ears are the right size. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> my boyfriend has a corgi chow. Can you even imagine what I'm t- telling you right now? He's like a holiday ham with quarter inch legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And every time he walks by me, his name is Bear. And every time he walks by me, I say, Bear, those are the right length legs, bro. Those are the right legs. Because you got to tell him because they're not, they're not, they're not the right legs. Yeah, no, they're not. You got to pump some air in those tires, you know? Oh, right. That's a per- perfect body, dude. Those are the right, as he walks by, those are the right length legs, brother. Like I always try and let him know, so. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jackie. Hey, Jackie. I'm Wells. Nice to meet you. Hi, you, Wells. Nice to meet you. Do you want to? You want to do this thing? Wait a minute. That was gold. Oh, <laughs> don't worry. We're gonna use it. Okay, great. All but right. I'm ready to do this thing. Is your mouse pad a pizza? What's going on back there? No, it's uh, Seinfeld. Oh my god, even better. I like the tone. My eyes are so good. Hold on, let me move this light. Morning time. Let's go. Okay, quick break. When we come back, we are um, actually gonna start this show, I think. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. 
The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. All right, back on the Wells cast. Very excited to have one of the stars from Glow on the show. She also has a new cooking show, which means that she's basically got the coolest fucking job ever. Welcome on the Wells cast, Jackie Tone. How are you? Hi, everybody. Mostly hi, Wells. I'm good, man. I do have the coolest job ever. And I dreamed of it forever. And I waited a good long time. And I got it. I saw that you went on Armchair Expert recently, so I just want to say, hey, thanks for slumming it down here uh, oh. with the kind of the <laughs> shittier podcast. Preach. Not even, dude. <laughs> First of all, such, you're amazing, and such different audiences, and I think that's why I'm so, uh, I, I love doing this, and I do like all my friends who are comics and have their fun, super tiny, weird podcast, but we've been friends forever, and you know, I like I like chatting with everybody and I just want everybody to watch Best Leftovers Ever because that shit is fun. I don't know if anyone told you, but I went on Worst Cooks in America Celebrity Edition, which I think the celebrity edition part was, uh, I don't know, a loose definition. But Jackie, I need you to know going into this interview, your boy won that shit, okay? <gasps> so I don't know if you need people. But here's the question. Yeah. Oh, there's Glenn ruining our show. <laughs> So here's the problem. Yeah. Does that mean you're the worst cook or the best? Like you won as the actual worst or you were the best person there of the people who are just terrible. So everyone was bad to begin with. And I right. made the, the biggest strides and got amazing. Because oh. it's confusing when it's called worst cook. Then you're like, all right, well, the person that just puts dog shit on a plate is going to be <laughs> the winner because that's definitely the worst. Yeah. In the first episode, I made try to make pasta, and it was so terrible that it stuck to the plate, and the host of the show took it and put it upside down over her head, and it and it didn't fall on her head. And then at the end, I had to cook a three-course meal in a restaurant, and I had to beat Johnny Bananas from the challenge. Anyways, listen, I just want you to know that, like, I, I, want- I get it. I know okay, what's happening. Okay, if you think the term celebrity was loose on you— I think whoever Johnny Bananas is (laughs) is probably even happier to be there than you were. So I say that all the time when people like when I'm referenced as a celebrity ever, I'm like, oh my God, that's hilarious. (laughs) Like, I feel like the joke's on the person who said it every time. Yeah, I feel that. Tell me about best leftovers ever, because I feel like this is a perfect time for a show like this. Not that anything is perfect for COVID pandemic times, but this one especially because we're all fucking stuck. I feel like this is a show that kind of teaches you how to like make the best of what you got in the house. You couldn't have, I mean, I literally don't even need to expound because you've just, you've just explained it perfectly, but that is exactly what it is. And I, even, even for me, I host this show and I judge it and I've taken so many tips that I learned on the show. Like I'll just open my fridge and not have an idea what to make. And I'll look at peanut butter and be like, oh, you know what? I feel like I learned how to make a fun Asian peanut sauce with that. I've never, look at peanut butter before i mean i all i i eat like a toddler so all i ever really ate in the past was like a hot if i'm hungry for dinner and i need something it's like i will have goldfish and some vanilla ice cream like i'm not above it yeah but it really has elevated so um i'll explain the show it's just like it sounds we have different levels of chefs come on three per episode and compete for the ten thousand dollar casserole i know you guys are just listening mm-hmm. but i'm winking because it is cash in a casserole dish. In round one, they have fridges behind them where we say like, you guys, um, you had date date night last night, so you have in the fridge some 
filet mignon and chocolate-covered strawberries and a salad, right? And you need to take those ingredients and turn them into a flavor bomb brunch and just completely unrecognizable. And then, of course, the person that uses the most leftovers, they don't necessarily win, but we that counts. And then for round two, my fridge comes out and it's sort of Pee Wee's Playhouse vibes where like my fridge is a character on the show and sometimes she's shy and we have to like chant to get her, <laughs> get her chutzpah. Fridge, fridge. Finally, her little shy ass comes out. I open the fridge and in there are takeout leftovers that are, you know, quote unquote mine. So there'll be like three different Chinese food dishes, three different Italian dishes, each episode, a different ethnicity of food. And in round two, the cooks need to take whatever Chinese food they were randomly given and turn it into high-end cuisine of a totally different ethnicity. So you can't take Chinese and keep it that way. And we had people turning Italian food into curry and diner food into Italian. I mean, it was, it's nuts what these people did. So are they all well-known chefs? So it was a season one of a show. Yeah. And so we're pretty confident that, you know, next season, what the people do is going to be even crazier and the chefs will be even crazier. But we got... I guess our cast, our cooks, they were incredible. I don't think any of them are like world-renowned, you know, Bobby Flay vibes. It's not the Iron Chef leftovers, but it is all these people can cook. Like the, the bit isn't that like they're making gross food. The bit is that they are killing it. Bear, what's up, dude? Here he is with his teeny tiny legs. <laughs> Bear, that's exactly how long your legs should be. You're killing the dude. game. <gasps> Wells even supports you. <laughs> So what is your role on the show? Because I assume, not to assume, but I assume you're not Julia Childs. Thank you for seeing my true heart so <laughs> early in this interview. I burn toast. Yeah. So I'm not trying to sit here and pretend when these guys are making this incredible food that I know what I'm talking about, but my mouth works. So I can still tell you what it tastes like. And it's sort of like the layman's, I come in with that layman angle. So we've got Rosemary Schrager, who is renowned, world-renowned chef, cookbook author. Um, and we have this guy, David So, who's an incredible restaurateur, culinary influencer. He cooks as well, but he doesn't fancy himself like a chef. And so those two guys are really giving the critiques as far as, you know, it could be brighter. It could be, you know, using a lot of food words mm -hmm. where I'm just shoving my face and being like, this is very good, or why is this the consistency of boogers? You know, things high-end. Yeah, Really yeah. high-end high -end critiques. You're like every man. You're the blue collar. Right. You're the Bruce Springsteen of this show. Do, don't please with the high compliments. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the boss. You're the boss. Of the best leftovers ever. That's incredible. Yeah. Even if you said I was little Stevie, I would have been flattered, but I'm... <laughs> I'll t I mean, if I'm Bruce, I'm Bruce. Like, I don't, I have no more questions. Wait, were you on Sopranos? Yes. And I play little Stevie's daughter. I know. Dude, I've been acting since I was nine. Like, I, there's a lot of little pieces to put together in this journey. I do want to get to all of that, but I want to put a bow on this show. It's on Netflix, by the way, and everyone, obviously, you need to go watch it purely because you need ideas for what the hell to do on day 7,923 of this quarantine uh, with all the food in your refrigerator. But my question is this, because like you've done everything, you're like so multi-talented and multifaceted. Did you come up with this idea? Was was like this idea for this show, like your brainchild? No, actually. So the brief version of this crazy story is that the magical elves, who are sort of the best in class for reality producers, I mean, uh, for competition shows, um, no disrespect to the batch, obviously, <laughs> winks, uh, the, these guys made Top Chef and Project Runway and nailed it, and they know what they're doing. And so I just took a meeting with them. They were looking, they had this idea, it was already at Netflix, and they had, and they wanted... I believe female, but that part I'm not sure about. I think they wanted like a female comic who was Netflix talent so they could keep it in the family and sort of have the people stay in the platform and hop from show to show. And I took a meeting with them and the whole thing was like, it's kind of funny. Uh, are you an actor as well? No, I was just a radio host before all of this. Huh. Oh, all right. Well, I'm your manager. Okay. Kind of an act. Okay, whatever. It's fine. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. But there, there's this thing, um, and I think it, you, I, I've been doing this so long that I get, when, when something really goes well and a meeting really goes well, I tamp it immediately. Like when I leave, 
I'm like, cool, it's over. That never happened. I'm never going to think about it again. Because in the beginning part of my career, I can't tell you how many times I went on an audition in the room. I just have chills thinking about this in the room. They were like, Hey, Jackie, don't, don't, don't cut your hair. Like, you know, giving you these little sort of, and then as I was leaving, they'd be like, Jackie. And I'd turn around, they'd be like, come back in. The producers want to see one more thing. And you'd come back in and you're like, the other girls in the waiting room are like, oh shit, that girl got called back. Like, you just know it's yours. And then it's not. Yeah. And it's just, and that happens 99 times out of a hundred. So I'm in this meeting and like, I'm telling this ridiculous story about how the paparazzi caught me leaving Craig's with six bags of leftovers, <laughs> looking like a freaking, my bangs were greasy. I looked like an absolute shit storm when people could still go to restaurants. And it was the first time I ever got paparazzi. So part of it was like, oh my God, I made it. And the other part was like, I look like a garbage fire. And <laughs> am I, why do I have so many bags? Well, it was so embarrassing. So I pull up the Getty images in the meeting of me taking out all these leftovers. One of the Netflix execs is on her chair, like, you took leftovers from Craig's, what is wrong with you? And like, we're all screaming, the vibe is amazing. And I'm like, this is everything, this is my dream. And then my brain instantly goes to like, calm down, this isn't yours yet. Even if it is yours, it's not yours. Everything could go up, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, not to get too psychological, but it's, it's kind of sad because you can't let yourself exist in that joy place for too long because it's so much further to fall when you find out it actually isn't yours. So you have to bring yourself back down to this middle ground of like, okay, breathe it out. I did my best. That was a fun experience. Anything can happen. <laughs> and then I left and as I was leaving, sort of calming myself down, the head of the magical elves comes out of the Netflix building and he's like, uh, yeah, we're going to make it with you. Netflix wants to do it. We want to do it. It's going to be you. And it was like, well, I started to cry like a little plus <laughs> dude. It was a long time coming. I waited, I waited for an executive to follow me out of a building and tell me it was me for the better part of 25 years. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome. I want to know what, cause I've been to Craig's. Uh, I want to know what you brought was it the chicken. Like what did you bring home from Craig? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what happened was I went for like a glow season two or three celebratory dinner with my agent and God, this is getting to be such a Hollywood douchey story. So somebody, it was with my agent at this very fancy <laughs> restaurant. But what's funny is I'm such a low rent bitch. I didn't know what Craig's was not a clue with due respect to Craig's, which is now truly one of my favorite restaurants. It's not a fancy name. Sounds like a Jewish guy from New York, like Craig Rosenthal. <laughs> I was like, we're going to Craig's? Like, I don't know what that even is. Like, okay. So we go to Craig's. I meet him there. And on my way in, I notice all the paparazzi are there. They obviously don't care about my homeless looking 12-year-old boy ass. So I'm going in like, okay, I don't, what is this place? J-Lo and A-Rod are at one table. Maro all of Maroon 5 is at another table. And I'm like, what? where am I? Brings over the food. Um, my agent gets some fish. I got, I think, the chicken parm. Where it's ridiculously good. And I think the waiter just has to, at that point, at the end of the meal, come over and say, like, you guys want to, you know, take anything home? My agent says no so fast. Like, my hair blows back. Like, he's like, no, we're good. We're good. And I was like, oh, I, you're not taking, you're not taking your, oh, I'll take both, I'll take both of these. Like, this is no joke. Then we got dessert. I also took that. <laughs> And then I was leaving with three. I literally think the waiter had to like go in the back and be like, do we have to go boxes? Like, is that something we offer here? And then I leave with three Craig's bags, sweaty bangs and a camo shirt. And the paparazzi like, Jackie, Jackie. And I'm like, they're obviously talking about a different Jackie because duh. And I turn around and they are flashing, flashing, flashing like crazy. And I'm holding all the leftovers bags. So my mouth in the pictures is like, oh God, why? <laughs> like I'm making crazy mouth shapes. I didn't learn till after that, that once they got you, they got you. So you just stand there and smile. But yeah, that was what we took from Craig's. I believe the tilapia and the chicken parm and some cheesecake, three different bags. Well, hey, you know what? It got you this reality show. So it worked out. Yes, that's great. And so, oh, to answer your question from before, I'm the host and I'm a judge, one of three judges. Got it. What's the one thing someone has taken from leftovers and turned into something else that like has stuck with you that you're just like, holy shit, that was amazing. I can't believe this happened. There was one woman who had some sort of Italian, her name was Jana. I don't know why I remember this. She had some sort of Italian veal dish. Like it was maybe a veal Parmesan. It was sauced. It was covered. It had a pasta on the side. 
and she turned it into two types of curry. So she took the veal, she covered it in all sorts of Indian spices, she added chickpeas, she turned it into a curry. So she made like a plated sort of soupy curry like we're used to, and then also put some of it inside a fried pakora. And she also made the pakora shell, the pastry that a pakora comes in. She made that and then took this veal, let's call it, you know, veal parmesan, and turned it into two different Indian curries. And it was... There was no universe that this was ever Italian food. And it was delicious. Of course, she made the little rice. I mean, it was nuts. What these people do on this show is is crazy. Best Leftovers Ever is available right now on uh, Netflix. Also on Netflix, a show called Glow, which, of course, you play Melrose on. Last I saw from Glow was they were shutting down production because of COVID, which is happening everywhere in Hollywood. Is the thought to, like, eventually come back when the world comes back to normal? You know, we still have our fingers crossed, but they're like kind of uncrossing, but just from being tired, not because we don't want it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like we're still, I'm like, ow, that's, I'm sort of getting a cramp in both of my pointers from <laughs> from crossing my fingers so hard for so long. It doesn't look like they're going to make the fourth season. I mean, the show, the renewal of the show has been reversed, so it's ostensibly been canceled, but we're still hoping for a movie. I don't, I don't know. Um... Well, basically what happened was just like you said, but we, we got put on hold. We made two and a half episodes. It's not like at the end of season three, they were like, cool, you'll come back. And then like COVID happened and we didn't, we were well into making season four. It's completely written. The actors are ready to go. All the costumes were bought and paid for. All the sets were built. I mean, we were already living in the world and doing the show. Like at a certain point, you had to wonder, like, wouldn't it just be easier at this point to just point the cameras at us and finish? But with COVID, at this point, you need a COVID officer on set. You need medics. You need to test the cast every day. I guess the rules now are that the days need to be shorter. And we used to work 13, 14 hours a day. So if we're spreading those days out, our episodes are going to take two and a half, three weeks instead of six days. So I think it just became not really feasible time-wise and financially and everything. And they just called it. I hope that doesn't last because I love that show. Thank you. I love that for like a lot of different reasons. I mean, one for what it stands for just in like this weird Hollywood world that we work in just a show that's just all women kicking ass and but also being funny and being amazing actresses and then i'm a radio guy so i love mark Merritt. like it, it just brought mm-hmm. in a lot of things for me and so i really hope it continues on if not it served a purpose i guess for me which oh, that's all that really matters guys as long as i'm happy that it was like a really important part of like amazing media to consume was Thank you. was melrose like your character on that is so funny and you're a comic i know that you weren't like this is i want to play this person i or i assume i assume you went and auditioned for something but when you read the character were you like oh my god this is a dream role okay so i lived through that and i'm gonna listen back to it at night and maybe cry Okay, good. Um, well, because just hearing about people loving Glow the way I love Glow, especially men that can sort of go like, because we we never felt like we were a show for women, you know, there's, I mean, especially since it's a bunch of hot women wrestling and leotards, like, yo, bros, watch the show. But beyond that, like narratively speaking, and the, the storytelling, the importance socially of the stories we're telling and the representation on the show and women of different ages and colors and body types, just being who they are and being um, celebrated for being who they are. And, you know, I've never seen a show before, other than I would say Orange is the New Black, which is by Genji Cohen as well, like that just has that many opportunities for women. I mean, I've been doing this forever. And most of the shows I ever tried out for, for before Glow were, there was room for like one girl that was like maybe kind of funny but all the funny lines went to the dudes so there was like one quirky girl on the show and you had to like fight for that part among all the funny girls in the whole city and now here's this show just celebrating all these clowns um but to answer your question we um when i tried out for glow i tried out for ruth a bunch of times i tried out for i think i read the sheila sides and jenny uh, the Jenny sides 
she just was real cheerleadery. And Melrose was sort of just like a party girl. Like she was sort of like Madonna meets Paris Hilton, like sort of just very party. But I just brought my own flavor to it. And they changed her character, her name to from Melanie Rose to <laughs> Melanie Rosen, because <laughs> your girl brought the Jewy and they were like, well, I guess we're not going to be able to deny how Jewish this is turning out. <laughs> and speaking of representation, like I, I can't tell you how many Jewish women I've heard from that are like, dude, I've never seen anything like this on television. I've never seen this sort of representation and how my character in season three got to talk about inherited trauma through being the kid of Holocaust survivors. I myself am the grandchild of Holocaust survivors. And the truth of our lives morphed into the truth of the show. So it wasn't like I read the breakdown and I was like, oh my God, body, edgy, potty mouth Jewish girl from New York. Like she became that after I, after I got cast because they were, and I think that happened with a lot of us because they saw who we were and they strengthened the show by infusing who we were into our characters in a fucking powerful way. Good on you then because that character has so much depth and texture and I love her so much. And I, I just assumed <laughs> that like, of course they gave the stand-up comic slash actor slash musician like this role. Like that, that makes sense to me. And now finding out that it's really more of you than her is really cool and, and very impressive. Thank you. Last thing before we get to like kind of like my portion of the show, this was a character I assume that you couldn't put so much of your spin on because originally they were just such a powerhouse, badass woman in comedy, but you got to be Gilda Radner. Sadly enough, I think that a lot of my audience might not know what National Lampoons is and might not know like the genesis that is Saturday Night Live and like all those old Chevy Chase movies and stuff. But like Gilda Radner was like one of the great SNL. She was the first cast member. Just so iconic. And you get to play her in that movie. I just just real quick, like what was that like as a comic getting to be Gilda? Well, I have loved her forever. There was never, she informed my comedy. She informed what I wanted to do with my life. Gilda Radner and Bette Midler and Joan Rivers. As a kid, these were the women I looked at and I was like, yeah, that, that what they're doing is what I want to do. And I played that Gilda Radner VHS tape, the, her best of SNL forever. And I just would run around the house doing like, oh, never mind, and doing Lisa Lubner and Rosanna Dana and just doing her, characters my whole life and when I was a kid I um I did a spin-off show remember that show all that yeah of course so they Nickelodeon I had a development deal there and they they signed me to a deal because I was doing all these characters as a kid when I was because I started doing stand-up when I was 14 so when I was like 16 I did this stand-up showcase Nickelodeon saw and I did all these characters they gave me a deal and I had a spin-off show. I've actually never talked about this before. It's so weird this is coming out right now. It was called And Now This. All that and now this. It was gonna be this other's like sketch show, but more character driven after all that. We did a pilot, it, we aired, Rosie O'Donnell was our celebrity guest and we never made more. Um, but anyway, all that to say, that was my, I, that was all Gilda. I just was looking at her and I was like, I wanna do that. So when I got the opportunity, I had, nothing going on when I tried out for that Gilda role. I'm telling, when I tell you nothing, like I had reps, but like, you know, barely and just sort of small, nothing was going on. I could barely get auditions. And my understanding is when I tried out for Gilda, they'd seen everybody else in the city. Like I knew two months prior, girl, friends of mine who were at UCB or were like working comics we're like, dude, I tried out for Gilda Radner. That feels like it's more of like a you thing. And I was like, oh, I can't, I don't know. I didn't get the appointment. And finally, I got the appointment. I went in and I threw, I have chills again. I threw so much shit against the wall that it could have been like, oh my God, this girl is like changing. Is she carrot top? Like, that's okay. <laughs> we saw four, we saw four of Gilda's characters and there's been four costume changes. Oh God, she's taking out a guitar. Like it could have looked if it was a different casting director other than Allison Jones, who is the greatest, it could have looked, it's hard, you know? Like, 
it went, it worked in my favor, needless to say, because I got the part and uh, they appreciated the length that I went. But as an actor, I've tried that hard on auditions in the past. And like the, the feedback was like, yeah, it was a little much. I feel like, you know, you never know when you put yourself out there to that level. And we have to take care of ourselves as actors. Like, I think what you learn from that is like, well, shit, don't put yourself, don't try that hard next time. Like, be more Ron Livingston in office space and go in like, you don't give a shit. And this wouldn't really make a difference to you anyway. I mean, that feels like the vibe of the people who get the jobs. And that's never been me. I've always shown up and been like, I care so much. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, well, I'm going to need you to cop to calm down because that's not hot. <laughs> like, no one's trying to feel that energy. But with Gilda, that's what I did. I went in there and I tried my goddamn hardest and David Wayne watched the tape and he was like, she's Gilda. And that was that. Did you try out for SNL? You know, I think I tried out once, but I used to test for Mad TV like every yeah. season. I think I tested for Mad TV like four seasons in a row. Yeah, I, I was just thinking of uh, this one character I had, which was um, Al Pacino as a sock puppet. He used to just like sort of like ruin all my dates, but he was my own sock puppet on my own hand. So like I had complete autonomy over him. So I had like autonomy over him, but he would still just like fuck with my shit all the time. And I'd be like, Al, dude, I'm like on a date. And he'd be like, oh, you shouldn't kiss him. You should. And it was just Al Pacino as a sock on my hand. That was one of my hits. Um, weird. I never ended up on uh, TV. TV. Another one was this character, Stacy something. I forget her last name, but she was like super loopy. And she was like, a porn star, but the chlamydia got to her head because I once read an article <laughs> where chlamydia can make you crazy. Yeah. So she just was like a t super bat, but she was just like naked all the time and trying to F, but she wasn't well. Uh, it's weird that those didn't make mainstream television. Look who's laughing now, all right? Well, they, I feel like they probably still are. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I could talk to you forever about just whatever, but I'm running out of time and I want to do kind of like the part of my show that I think is cool and important. So I will do it really, really fast. But this is an origin story podcast. I like to find out how people got to this point in their career and like sure. what steps you took. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to find out where the hell Jackie Tone came from and how the hell she got here. Stick around. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to 
bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. All right, back in the Wells cast. Got Jackie Tone on the show. Now we get to dive in deep to where you came from. You started early. Where are you from? I am from Oceanside, Long Island. And were you always like a this? comic? <laughs> yeah. That's the greatest question ever. And were you always very loud and doing Yes, well, I happen to have always been this way. Yeah, um, I remember when I was a little kid, um, you know, I would go on auditions and sometimes the feedback would be like, oh my God, she was the most exciting person we've seen in months. And sometimes the feedback, and I would behave the exact same way. And sometimes the feedback was like, yeah, she really kind of sucked all the air out of the room. Like it just was, you know, it just, this is who I've always been. And it's, always been for some people and not for others and not really until I got older was I okay it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow but I, I am who I am you said you started doing stand-up at what age 14 okay so I mean how does that, someone even <laughs> do like how do you get into the chuckle hut or the zanies to like do five minutes at 14 well it's wild Caroline's in the cellar but I in New York so what's crazy is um I started acting sort of like dipping, which is so funny to say dipping my toe. I was literally a child, but I was started like begging my mom and to take me on auditions when I was like nine. And by the time I was 11, I had this agent who was incredible, Aggie Gold at Fresh Faces Agency, who worked out of her back house in Baldwin, Long Island, one town over. She and my mom knew each other because they were in Lamaze together in like the 70s. Yeah. Not with me, with my older brother. And so I'm 59. So then Aggie and my mom knew each other and I always wanted to act. So my mom brought me to Aggie and she was like, well, we got to give her classes to get rid of her Long Island accent. And we got to put her in this and put her in that. And then by the time I was 12, I got my first job guest starring on The Nanny. And then, always, like I said, always loved Gilda. So when I was like 14 or 15, I was doing, it was back in the day, so in the 90s, there were these development deals were the big thing. So if you could do a shtick in front of people who, in front of decision makers, that's how Ray Romano, Roseanne, Seinfeld, these were just comics. They were grownups, of course, but they were comics who executives were seeing and giving these development deals to, curating and putting together a show for them, making the pilot. Oftentimes they didn't get picked up, but of course the ones I mentioned, Mad About You, all these, these went. I was doing stand-up. I got a, my first development deal, I think, was at Warner Brothers. And I got Nell Scoville, who is like one of the most impressive and inspiring female writers. She was the only female writer on The Simpsons and the only and one of the only female writers on Letterman. She met me when I was 15 and wrote me a pilot called Prudy and Judy. And I had a development deal and it never got picked up. And then I had another development deal at Nickelodeon. That's where I had a now this. And then we didn't get picked up. And all of that was mostly because I was out trying to do characters and trying to do stand-up. And my agent, Aggie, would just cold call people. I mean, she was the kind of person who would just like call whoever the powers that be at Nickelodeon and be like, I have someone for you. And, and I promise you, you're going to love her. And if you don't, you'll never hear from me again. And like beg them to see me. I had no credits. Then they would see me and be like, oh, it's kind of funny. And then it, it, it would work. I think it's just the power, too, of having someone that's that in your camp is wild. Someone who, who has the balls to just go outside the box and make those calls. I do love the fact that someone was like, we need to get her in acting classes to lose this Long Island accent. And then the first show you do is... It's the nanny with Fran Jesher. Well, because I'm going to ask you, based on this podcast, how you feel like those classes went? <laughs> how do you feel? Do you think I succeeded getting rid of my little guy later? I mean, it's just, and then like with Melrose, I mean, I think what's funny, and I um, I think I've, I've said this out loud before, but like, I didn't know I was, I didn't know I was specific, which just has to be like, I've pr I pride myself on my self-awareness, but I guess that enormous piece of me just managed to get right by me. Like 
I was like, why can't I just be, do everything? Like, I didn't know that I made more sense in specific places. You did American Idol. What was that experience like? Tried out for American Idol in my like mid to late 20s. And I'd been acting 17 years at that point. And it wasn't going. And so by the time I tried out for American Idol, it wasn't a second choice necessarily. It was more like in my very early 20s, I did a movie and rest in peace. The homie Brad Renfro taught me how to play guitar. That that actor who was in The Client and... Um, he was the best. So we did a movie together and I was, I would sing the, I would like, I was real gruff and I would like just be singing all the blues and he'd be playing this sick Louisiana dirty old guitar or like lap steel dobro and just killing it. And we would sing in the trailer and he was like, you should play guitar. He was like, he literally was like Billy Bob Thornton in Sling Blade, his energy. He was like, you should play guitar. And I was like, what? I'm, I had to sing. And he was like, nah, I'll pick up, pick up that guitar. And like, put my hands where they needed to be and just like made me learn the guitar. And from then on, I, this passion was ignited in me, which was already there. But now that I played an instrument, it was fully different. And then a few years later, uh, I just, on a whim, I think it was, I think it was because the, <laughs> they, have an age, they had an age limit on American Idol. It was 28. And at the time, I was 28. I was like, this is my last chance. I'm old. <laughs> it's over. Everything is over. So I was like, all right, I'll try out. I missed the LA audition. And I happened to be, and I, so I went to New York. And I tried out in Jersey. And it just, similar to what I was telling you about leftovers, like the whole thing was wrapped in a bow. Like it just kept being, the first day they met me, I was obviously making a scene. They put a green sticker on me. I found out the green sticker later meant the camera should find the people with the green stickers because we're already doing sort of stories with them and all these things. And it just, it kept working. And Paula Abdul went on the Leno and said I was her favorite. And it was all just like, oh my God. And the next day I got eliminated. So it was like all these dreams were finally realized 17, 18 years after I started in this business. And then sort of not to be too dramatic, but once again, it was like all gone and with a reality show, I think you'll, you obviously understand, like when it's gone instantly like that, it's different than like getting a show canceled because you still are an actor with reps and have momentum and things going on. But with reality, like when I got eliminated from American Idol, like they put a little piece of paper under your door. You're not allowed to talk to anybody, see anybody, and you just have to go home and pretend it never happened. And then they own you for a year. You're not allowed to do live gigs. Not even allowed to so much as make a YouTube video. They've changed all those rules now because I think they realize it's better for the show now with the power of social media that these kids could be promoting themselves and the show. But when I was on, you had to delete your Twitter. You had to delete MySpace. You had to delete everything. I had songs on iTunes. I had to like get an attorney to call iTunes to pull everything down. I mean, they wanted everyone to start on an even playing field even though that was false. And so much so that they wouldn't let me play my guitar. They were like, we're evening the playing field. I was like, but it's not even, I play guitar. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't. Yeah, so it's, the, the show is very different now than it was when I was on it. Well, it all worked out for the best. And listen, I've had a bunch of friends go on that show and almost win or be in the top couple. And that contract True. sucks. You just don't want that contract. True. Uh, ultimately, what happened with me that not winning and getting to where I got, they told me I wasn't allowed to tour. And I was like, you got it. And then instantly went on tour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and secret tour. Like I didn't have to promote it because like college, the colleges were promoting it themselves. And so I didn't have to. I just went and did it. So, um, you know, I, I broke the rules in that way. Uh, they, they sue me now, 75 years later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I've always, I've always tried to just take whatever opportunities and grind them into whatever little things I could. Jackie, uh, listen, I've gone over my time with you, so uh, I want to be respectful of the rest of your day. But I literally, I feel like I could talk to you forever. You're so funny and so wonderful. Congratulations on Glow and Best Leftovers and everything else, music, comedy. Uh, if people want to follow you and find out more about you, where do they need to go? Follow me everywhere at Jackie Tone. Jackie T-O-H-N, like John, but with a T, at Jackie Tone. I think mostly Instagram is where I, um, where I live and where I post everything and all the new shit that's going on. Well, when the uh, world gets back to normal, can we go to Craig's together? 
I would love that. Oh my God, double date at Craig's? Yeah. Are you joking me? And we'll bring Bear and Carl and Glenn. <laughs> oh, I just got way too excited about the prospect. Wells, you're the shit. This was so delightful. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Have a great day and be safe out there because, you know, world's ending. Okay. Armageddon. <laughs> okay, homie, I'll talk soon. Later, dude. Thank you, Wells. Bye. Bye. God, she's awesome. That was so much fun. I'm such an energy person. I know that sounds so horoscope crystals, astrological signs of me. So just Hollywood, I guess. But, and I'm not that person, but the more interviews that I do, and I've done so many thousands of interviews at this point, energy is so contagious. We've talked about it before. Like uh, when we had Richard Jennings on and I was like, man, that story was so inspiring. It just completely turned around my day. Not that I was having a bad day, but I've been having a bad year, I guess. <laughs> but her energy just completely turn me around. And I hope that happens for you guys out there listening. Like when someone's energy can just completely just uplift you. Successful people are successful for a reason. And I can't imagine anyone not wanting to work with someone like that, whose energy just comes in just bonkers. She's also someone that I want to be friends with, you know? Anyways, I think that's the takeaway of this episode is your energy is so important when doing anything, anything you do. And even if it's something shitty, you can still turn the energy around. Make it funny. I don't know. I loved Jackie Tone's interview. That was so much fun. Hey, guys, go uh, go rate and review the show if you can, if you like it. Five stars. Tell me how you feel about things. Whatever. It helps with uh, the algorithm and all that kind of stuff. Follow me at Wells Adams. Also, the, uh, the Instagram page for all of our guests and everything is Wells Cast Podcast. So go follow that if you could. And yeah, go forth. Try to be more like Jackie Tone. All right. Later, guys. Subscribe to Wells Cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. It's the internet. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.